Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlad. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian in Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm joined again. Who are you? I'm Keith State Holmes. your name. Keith Holmes, for the record. <laughs> I state your name. Yeah, that's right. I state my name. Um, I'm Keith Holmes. I'm the director of missions and small groups activities here at Dundee Pres, and I am uh, learning a lot from the, the master of the Bible over here. Oh, give me a break. Are you talking right? about Jonathan? Yeah. Uh, right. Jonathan Mueller is our engineer, our, our, our producer. Uh, he's our music director, and he goes and gets us coffee and donuts all the time. It's great. Oh, what a good guy. Uh, if you've been joining with us uh, throughout, and we hope you have, we hope you will, if it's your first time, check out all of our Megan's Old Office broadcasts. We just, what we do is we sit here uh, for half an hour and we talk about the Bible. We're working through the book of Psalms. There's 150 Psalms. So we got a lot of work to do. We're not going to touch upon all of them. Uh, today we're going to be talking about psalms that speak to us about trouble in our lives. Yep. And as we've said before, these categories are, are not... Uh, they're Loose not, frameworks. That's good word. Yeah. Loose frameworks. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we've chosen three psalms that we feel run together fairly well. But they, yeah. the, the psalms by nature are very interchangeable. They take you... They go all over the place Amen. with lots of different uh, wonderful jewels of wisdom and... and uh, and so they can be coupled and paired together um, in a variety of ways. We've chosen Psalm 3 today, Psalm 5, and Psalm 27 to talk about uh, trouble in our lives and yeah. how, these things, how these psalms speak to troubling and difficult days. And uh, so I'm going to open the, uh, the show today with the question of what, what is your go-to reaction uh, when you hear bad news? When you first hear bad news or when you encounter something that you don't want or that uh, derails your day or, or just makes it is just upsetting to you is not what you want. How, what is your lead first reaction upon hearing bad news? Keith, do you have an answer uh, for us? I, sadly, I do. My are, first... You mean you're familiar? Are you saying that you're familiar with this? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I think my first reaction, I usually call it my knee-jerk reaction because go. that's what it, you know, it feels like is, is that I basically cast about looking for someone else to blame. Mm. I mean, sad to say, that has been my MO for years and years and years. God's working on me with this. You know, he, he does work with me on this one a lot. But it's, I don't want it to be my fault. I want it to be somebody else's. And you can blame God, I guess, right? Here's, mm -hmm. He's sovereign. He knows. Mm -hmm. He knows and ordains and everything like that. And you go, well, it's God's fault. Why should I praise God? Why should I be happy with God right now? Mm -hmm. And he can, you know, he, 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 he laughs at that, I think, personally, when, especially when it comes to me. He just goes, oh, Keith, you know better than mm -hmm. that. You know better than that. Mm. So, but yeah, I think it's just that I'm sad to say I, I tend to look to blame somebody else. I, I, my wife and I have a joke. It's like, well, I'm going to blame you, Alice. It may not be your fault, but right. I'm going to blame you anyway. Well, that takes us back to Genesis chapter 3. We talked about it that at Bible study last night, Genesis chapter 3, where it's like they eat the fruit of the tree, and Adam immediately doesn't take responsibility, <laughs> blames yep, Eve. Exactly. And out of options, Eve says, well, it was the snake. You know, they don't blame themselves at all. So you're in really good company with that one. Uh, I don't know if you, Adam and Eve, are great company at right. that point well, for that one, but yeah, I get you. Yeah. I get you. I'm not alone, that's for You're sure. You're not alone, I'll give you that. Yeah. And, and, and we, I asked the question, what's your go-to reaction to bad news? I mean, yeah, what how is about your you? News? Well, and I ask, I'll tell you in a minute, quit pushing all me, all right? right? Come on, man. Uh, uh, because I, I think that our go-to, our first reaction 
is important to ask about or to analyze because we go to it for a reason. There's, right. It says something about if we analyze it as you have and name it, then, okay, then we can think about why is it that I go there? You know, like right. I hear bad news and I'm either going to react in one of two ways. Either I'm going to completely shut down uh, and just really real for my, uh, for a while. And, mm -hmm. and I'm going to do that if I'm around a lot of people because I don't want them to see, you know, what's really going on internally. Right. I'm just gonna, gotcha. I'm just going to shut down and, you know, and maybe that, and that's not necessarily a good uh, reaction, but the, the worst, what I want to do is I want to get really angry. I want to, oh, I want to yeah. rage. Oh, I yeah. want to throw some kind of a fit or, you know, for well, lack that, of a when better I, way of saying it. I want to I want to really get angry. Well, when I said cast about looking for someone to blame, rage and <laughs> pitching a fit are a large you, part about, yes. of that, yes. But you're, you are, okay, so so you're ca you're casting about looking for, but you're doing it loudly. Verbally, verbally and loudly, yes. Yeah. When ultimately it comes back right to rest on me. Right. For something maybe, you know, in, in some situations. Others, there's other things that I can't help, but yeah. How about, interesting that you you shut down. Yeah, I, I, find that I can get, it, and that can be very uh, uh, sad and dark, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. and and I think uh, I think that's because there's something in me that tells me that isn't true, but it tells me that I'm alone in the world and mm. that I have to do this myself. I think part of of, of my knee jerk reaction to bad news. Uh, is 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 that to be like okay? Uh, no one cares about me. I'm going to have to do this on my whatever this is. Right, I got to right. do it on my own, and I don't know if I have the resources, the time, the intelligence, the energy to to handle this. Yeah. Uh, and so I shut down and perhaps retreat into a, a very sad and dark place. And if I don't get out of that, I I, I I don't think I can resist that necessarily coming upon me. But I better be aware of it and be able to manage that pretty right. quickly because and you got to get back to work. You've got to get back to doing and living and right. and uh, uh, attending these things. And a lot of it is a lie that takes me to that place because it it, it isn't that it, that that I'm not loved. It isn't that I'm alone. That's just right. an assumption. That, right. that that's what the devil well, wants me to think. Right. Oh, and yeah. I and so I got to sort that out. A lot of times uh, I've recognized. Uh, you said I'm getting better at this, and God's working with me on this. I always recognize uh, that sometimes uh, that it's okay to feel whatever it is that I, I'm initially feeling, but it's not okay for me to feel that for a long time. And so I'm recognizing. You know, sometimes I need. X amount of time. Maybe it's just mm. a half an hour. Yeah. Maybe it's a full day. Right. And, and 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 that's fine as long as I'm attending to that and making progress with that and not affecting the, the relationships with the people that I love the most, right. who are my friends and who love me uh, because of this thing that's happening. Right. Yeah. That's a discipline. Those are things that you have to be paying attention to. You have to. You have to. And I mean, it's a beautiful segue into our our topic today: trouble. Yeah. And, and Psalms and three, how, five, and. 27. And how we handle it, how the psalmist handles it. So what? So uh, if you're listening, we hope you're listening. Right. We hope you're paying attention. Yeah. Uh, right. Psalm three, five, and twenty-seven is where we're at. Keith, what what lines really jumped out to you? That's our first question that we've been asking when we study the psalms. Right. We have. Uh, so what really jumped out to you in these psalms? So I I think I think first and foremost um, the wickedness 
that is reported in these that they it is talked about and so he he he, uh, he talks about in psalm 5 for example for you are not a god who delights in wickedness mm. evil will not sojourn with you the boastful will not stand before your eyes you hate all evil doers mm. you destroy those who speak lies the lord abhors abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful uh, later on, make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall with by their own counsels. Mm. And then finally, in Psalm 27, when evildoers assail me, and they shall stumble and fall. I mean, I think what I see is, and what what really resonates with me is, don't be an evildoer. Mm. Don't don't go looking for trouble yeah. because people that do are going to end up in a very bad way. So, you know, I and and. Kind of going back to the way I react, am I just becoming one of those evildoers but in my reaction mm. to the bad news, that are, to the situation that's happened to me? Mm. Am I turning myself on my ear and saying, well, if that bad thing happened to me, I'm going to do something worse to somebody else? Yeah. And so, but yeah, what really stands out is, is that God... God wants us to be humble. He wants us to be his. He wants us to look at him and say, okay, what do we do here, God? And not just take it upon myself and make it worse by reacting badly and with evil intent, with deceitful intent, with, with, with bloodthirsty intent. You point those lines out, and it got me thinking about the fact that, that uh, one of the, the, the topics or main topics of the Psalms is, is the fact that there are enemies. It uses, the, yeah. and I've pointed this out before, right. uh, Eugene Peterson is a great Christian author who pointed out that the number one topic of, of the Psalms is God, and arguably the second most likely t- uh, topic of the Psalms is enemies. Right. And the fact that when bad things happen to us, when we face trouble, the Psalms are helpful in letting us know, yeah, you do have enemies. Uh, mm-hmm. And as you're trying to figure out why uh, something happened. The answer to that is not that God hates you, right. uh, but that you are opposed uh, because you belong to God and right. because you're seeking to to live a holy life. And even if you're not uh, in your life, you're you're going to have the things that rise up against you and oppose you, and that that that, that uh, are your enemies. That's a tricky, delicate one because when we sit there and read the Psalms, and you're like, you know, I, I'm being opposed here. I have enemies. We can get lost. Uh, on, uh, we can get lost in playing the victim. We can right. get lost in yeah. telling ourselves, well, yeah. I'm just being victimized. It, it's good to sit there. It, it, it is good to acknowledge and accept and hear that, that part of our problem is that we are opposed and we have enemies. Uh, but you have to move on uh, from that. And uh, so I love Psalm uh, 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, what lines speak to you? It opens with, O oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying to me, there is no help for you in God. So this really speaks to what I'm saying. It is an acknowledgement that we have foes, that we have enemies. And how many? Oh Lord, I have so many. Right. That person who writes that is is speaking truth, and that's important, is confessing uh, that he's facing difficulty and reaching out to God for help. But he, he has to be careful not to get lost in, in a state of, of 
perpetual victimhood, mm -hmm. uh, where he's not rising above that and not following God out of that. Right. So the Psalms will allow you to name the fact that you have troubles, the name the, the, to name the fact that you're being oppressed or that you're, you're having a bad situation in your life. But it won't allow you, I think, uh, to, 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 to stay there and to wallow there. The Psalm, uh, Psalm 3 starts with declaring that there are foes and that there are enemies, but it closes with this line, deliverance belongs to the Lord. Uh, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Right. We all, a lot of people are aware that that's in the Bible. Even if, but deliverance is God. So if we had in our minds, if we accepted the fact that vengeance, justice, belongs to God and just let God bring justice, we'd be so much more peaceful. If we, did, if we didn't take that into our own hands, we would relate to people uh, so much better. Same thing with deliverance. If, we, if, if when we faced uh, a trouble, unlike me, my first reaction, like I said, is to sh shut down yeah. and to back off under the assumption that I've got to get my way out of it. How much quicker, how much more effective, how much healthier would I be if my first reaction would be, I, this is bad. Whatever this is, it's hard. But deliverance belongs to God. If I would really believe that. Yeah. It, 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 you know, my depression, my sadness comes from the assumption that I'm the one who's got to get me yeah. um, get me out of this. Right. In Psalm 3, uh, it declares, no, you don't. <laughs> the, if you get delivered, when you get delivered, it's going to be Jesus leading you out of this. Yeah, that means you have to depend on somebody else, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah right. And that's we, hard for guys like us. But it's truth, Keith. Oh, absolutely. It, 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 you're exactly right that it's difficult, but it, it, but it isn't le any less true. This is what Scripture does. Yeah. Scripture, you know, I always tell people that I am in the easier said than done business. Mm -hmm. Like I'm meeting with people and yeah. they're talking to me about their problems or I'm preaching to them or teaching to them. I'm doing Megan's old office right now. And, and people might say in reaction to me, and they often have, oh, J.D., that's easier said than done. Yeah, I don't make any apologies for it. Right? It doesn't make it any less true. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's easier said than done. Yes, it is. And it's almost impossible for me because of what I've already said about myself. Yeah. But... If I'm going to ever get out of anything, if I am ever going to get to a, a, a flat and glorious plane where I'm celebrating God, it's because God's going to bring me there, not me. You know what or, I'm saying? And, and yes, I, I, I agree 100%. Well, but I also better. think, I, right? But I also think you, you get there faster. You might get there mm. if you try to go it alone. Because a lot of people, I'm a self made man and look yeah. at my mansion and stuff like that. Yeah. But you missed out on what God had for you, which would have been so much better mm. if you're that self-made person. Yeah. If you're the person that says, you know, God helps those that help themselves. No, not really. God, God helps those that call on him, and uh, he equips to yes, do it. Right. That's really what that saying should be. Yeah. Because if you try to help yourself, well, J.D. just explained to you what happens, mm. and it's not always good. I just look at it and go, yeah, I want to get to the glorious plane a lot faster, so... I need to rely on God because it's his, his plane, his will. It'll get me there a lot quicker. But there's a certain counterintuitiveness to, to, to Christianity to, to right here. Right. It, when we face trouble, at least for me, mm -hmm. maybe not as much for you because you're at a higher level of spirituality <laughs> than I am, but, but it means for me it, it, it's counterintuitive uh, that, that I, when I face trouble, the first step that I should have is to release Mm -hmm. And to just depend on somebody else. That right. doesn't seem logical to me. When I right. face trouble, when I face a difficulty in my life, 
my gut reaction is I've got to solve this and I've got to do it alone. I, I, I have to fix this. I have to eliminate people from my life until I get this thing. That just says yeah. a lot about me. Right. So there's a counterintuitiveness for me uh, with my relationship with, with Jesus because, like I said, when I face trouble, my, I am completely, my default setting is I've, I, I've got to do this on my own when the true path is that's the last thing that you're, this is, that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to completely stop doing what you're doing, right. start listening. And here's a couple other psalms that, that, a couple other lines from these three psalms, Psalm 3, Psalm 5, and Psalm 27. In Psalm 5, it says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. It says, in the morning I plead my case to you. Dig this line. I plead my case to you in the morning, and then it says, and I watch. Ooh. I plead and I watch. And then uh, building uh, on that, uh, it, it, the last line from Psalm 27 is, wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage, and wait for the Lord. This, this, this importance, this absolute indispensable element of JD, be strong, be of courage, but watch and wait. You're not watching and waiting. Well, I don't have time to watch and wait because right. I've got to dig myself out of this hole. I've got to solve this problem. No, you need to watch and you wait. Yeah, but that's a waste of time. I'll do that when I, you know, when I'm good and ready right. or when I'm in a better position. Right. You know. Yeah. No, you've got to do that now. This is the first thing you do, not the last thing. But 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 the song keeps on busting my chops about yeah. the priority of watching, waiting, and depending. Uh, and I, I see those things as passive. I see those things as secondary, and I'm wrong. Right. You know. Well, it's, you've you've sort of answered our second question. When have you been in this situation? When in your history? <laughs> so you're saying you've never been in a situation where you wait and watch because oh, God goodness. is constantly telling you to do that. Well, no, so but I mean, yeah, for me, and I sort of pursuant to when in your history have you been in this psalm? For me, it's I have learned. The one thing that God has given me in my life to learn how to let let it go, don't try to fix it yourself, is owning a car. I am no good under the hood. I can I can refill the windshield wiper fluid, but yay, if, right? Uh, good. I celebrate my small victories, but when I you know if there's a light on that says something else, I don't even try to change the oil in my cars anymore because mm. you need a computer degree, right? I mean, yeah. so for me, and, and as funny as that might have, I might have tried to be with that with that response, but it's true. Is is that there are situations God puts us in that He brings into our lives that teaches us that we have to wait and we have to depend on other people and we have to mostly depend on Him. And owning a car, like I said, for me is I have no problem taking it to Ray's Corner Garage. My my buddy Ray, who I love and trust with every vehicle I've Shameless owned. Shameless plug for right, Ray. Right, Ray, uh, Ray and Brenda, we love you here, at, uh, or I do anyway. But seriously, though, I have no trouble saying, yep, Austin's got that. He's one of the, he's one of the guys there. So I, I don't have to think about this. And, and that translates, how well would that translate to everything else in my life if I just were able to say, eh, God's got that. You're better at doing that with your mechanic than you are with the Lord. With the Lord. How is that? How is that possible that as humans, that's our that's more or less our default setting? A great point. I think there's a great irony and a great point there. You know, one of the lines, check out Psalm 27. Uh, 
uh, kind of when in your history have you been in this psalm? That's the question that Keith is raising here that, that we raise on each uh, lesson here uh, on the psalm study. When in your history have you been in this psalm? I, I look at the line from Psalm 27 that says, Come, my heart says, seek his face, exclamation point. Come, mm. my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Uh, I, I highlighted that because how many times in my life has have I felt in my heart, my heart, I can feel it, right. almost like an ache. It, I can feel, and I bet people listening know what I'm talking about, where you feel that ache in your heart, and you even know what it is. You know that that ache in your heart is, is your heart saying, go to God, J.D., mm-hmm. go to go, 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 and go seek his face. Your heart is just saying that, and in my case, God needs to really be patient and gracious with me because um, I continue to fail at this even after all these years. I just have it ingrained in me that I've got to do it myself. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that I have to be alone. I have, I'll go to God and I'll seek his face only when I've completely and totally exhausted all my efforts. <laughs> <laughs> and that I'm ashamed, Keith. I'm ashamed to confess, confess that. I, I'm but it's right the there truth. With you. Yep. And yet, and that whole time while I'm exhausting my efforts to solve my trouble, I can feel my heart saying, JD, go seek his face. Go, mm-hmm. go, go. Stop. Go seek his face. Right. Go seek his face. And how long? It's almost like the it's almost like the treadmill calling out to me downstairs and come on, JD. You know, run a few laps here. You do right. some exercise, and I can feel it. I know that's what I'm supposed to. Do. That's my conscience talking to mm-hmm. me, uh, and I won't do it. Instead, I'll throw back four double stuff Oreos or or some ice cream that, or something that's like a that. Bit of a workout. It's very, but, yeah. very, very similar kind yeah. of thing in a different yeah. form. Where it's like, okay, I've come to Jesus only after I have come to an end of what I can do. That I am embarrassed to admit. Does it get shorter and shorter, the end of what... Do you realize that faster and faster? Do you get... Yeah, I mean, I as you know. mature. Not even get older, but more... as we as Because we're all maturing in our walk, right? We're all... Yeah. The day you stop maturing is the day you see Christ, in mm-hmm. my opinion, you, 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 whether you want to or not. Um, you got to keep maturing. So, as has have those times come shorter and shorter for you? Well, I think sometimes, uh, but then, uh, I, am, am I getting better just simply because I'm getting older and, and, and wiser? And slow, well, I don't know, slower, oh, yeah, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. But I, yeah. but I, I'd be pretty critical of myself on this. That well, I, that I, it's just, it's just such a default setting. It's right. such a religion to me right. to do it myself, and and. And I hope beyond hope that that Jesus uh, is continues to be patient with me as I as I as I need to learn right. uh, that to to go to Him first rather than to go to myself first. And I can't help. I hope that somebody out there listening uh, understands what I'm saying. Oh, and, I think most of, of us do. Uh, certainly, certainly of a certain uh, I know of a certain age that was what we were taught. Right? Yeah. You know that we have to do it ourselves. Man is the breadwinner. We are, you know, and, and we have to be able to, you know, my dad never took his car, well, unless it was a big major problem, took his car to a mechanic. I was able to let that go yeah. because even though he, you always change your own oil, it's just better that way. Yeah. No, it isn't. I yeah. don't want to do that. So how is the psalmist, each one of these, how is the, the writer of these psalms, the psalmist, 
similar and different from you. Well, I, I can tell you right now, if you read through these, uh, we hope that you do, because again, we can't. If you read through these, the number one difference for me is that I don't have anyone actively trying to kill me. <laughs> Right. I mean, at this where time David where David actually does, you know, um, I am surrounded. Well, How many are wait, my foes? You don't uh, know that there are well, people like, well, they're not actively. Bullets aren't raining in my life right now. Right. You, yeah. You know, they're not they're not there. There's no one behind me, I feel, at any time. I mean, but, you know, an army encamped against me. Uh, these are just, you know, I'm, I'm cherry picking here some of the words, but that sense of. Uh, there's always impending doom here. The mm. trouble that he's facing is spiritual, but it's also physical, mm. you know, that he is, somebody is actively out to get him. Mm-hmm. And I can't, and I was, I was thinking about that as, as, as I prepared this week for this one. It's like, do, do I know of a time where anyone was actively pursuing to hurt me, to harm me? Yeah, both but if you have career-wise, yeah, but if yeah. you have cancer, you you know that's an army that's aligned. Well, that's against true. You, you know, that's so, true. So too. people can identify with it that way. Absolutely. And I'm thankful that you have said what you've said that this is not something that you have in your life, but yeah. but you can understand where. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. Would so right. I mean, and yeah, but. Does it feel like it when that dishwasher dies or when that oven dies? Because yeah. our recently our oven died at home. You talked about a, di- a washing machine or something a, dryer, a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, a dryer. And so, but you know, it, it can feel like it mm. that the that the armies are lined up. But yeah, I think you're right when you talk about cancer, when you talk about an illness, when you talk about something that's you know just really uh, you know tough. Y- it does feel like that. So. Yeah, we can we can stand there, and that's a good thought, man. That's a that that really yeah. Because I'm sitting there going, well, no, I've never faced these situations. The hardest thing I've had to face is, you know, I have to get a new car because I have hail damage. Man. I hate shopping for cars. I think the psalmist is different from me to kind of continue uh, with with what I've already said, or to hopefully blouse it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. In that the, the psalmist is is more comfortable and sees the essential importance of watching and waiting. Uh, for God, yep. and that it, the last line really of Psalm 27 really speaks to me. It says, "It, it, it seems so emphatic. It has right. exclamation point uh, on the end of it. It says, wait for the Lord.' And it's, it really speaks directly to me. Come on, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Be strong. Allow your heart to take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm uh, Psalm 5 emphasizes the word watching." Mm-hmm. You know, plead your case and watch, mm-hmm. and and I, I I think I'm not like that. Uh, again, I've already kind of stated this, uh, but I'm thankful that the psalmist is like this. Uh, he, again, we, what would it be like to have the psalmist around when you're facing trouble? This psalmist would come to me and does come to me with this psalm and says, JD, what you need to do is is wait, mm-hmm. and you need to take courage in God. And you need to watch as if he's right around the corner and is about to come and pick you up, uh, uh, that is about to arrive. You need to start watching and anticipating and waiting and, and being strong in him and, and stop doing all the other, uh, other stuff because it's draining your spirit. Right. Watching and waiting and trusting God will not drain your spirit. It's not even easy. But it, it, so I am thankful that I'm not like the song. 
depressed because mm. I don't need that. I, 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 need, I need the psalmist to be different. He, he might be saying something that I don't want to hear, and I might scoff at a bit, but I'm mm. thankful that he, that he says it because it's true. Amen. Uh, Amen. Yeah. I, like, I, I see myself like him when I finally come around to it. And in Psalm 27, he says, the, the psalmist says, For he will hide me in, the, in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set high, set me high on a rock. I mean, boy, to know that God is going to shelter me, that He is going to He is going to envelop me and 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 keep me from harm, keep me safe, keep and and, and I, I mean, kind of piggyback on you. All I have to do is sit and watch and wait. Mm. If I can do it, be still. He, be still. He will. He will. He promises in that moment that He will do those things, mm. and you're just sitting there like. I can't see it. I certainly don't feel it, but I have to. Agree. I have to know it's true because he says it in his, in, in the Bible. Uh, Psalm three opens with uh, there being many uh, foes. Many are rising against me. Many are mm-hmm. saying to me, "There is no help for you in God." Isn't it the truth Amen. that when we're when when things are troublesome and difficult, it doesn't have to be a person. The troubles themselves can you know can say it's like they have a voice that's saying. There's no God, JD. That God that you worship. Mm, yeah. The reason this trouble has happened to you is because your God has not protected you, and the reason that your God has not protected you is because He does not exist. We yeah. hear that voice that, that does rattle around in us, and then these Psalms say, you know, even though it seems right now logical that Jesus is not in charge or that Jesus doesn't even exist. Um, we want you to wait, double down on, double down on, again, be counterintuitive. Uh, and so our last question is, how would you pray this psalm? And for me, Keith, it would be, God, um, to, to, to be, because the psalms are just really honest. First of all, it, it inclines me in my prayers to be really honest, which I'm not necessarily, I might want, I, I might pray what I think God wants me to say instead of where I'm really at. But the Psalms uh, incline me to say, God, I'm hearing the voice uh, from my troubles. They're telling me that you don't exist and that you don't care and there's no help in you. But, but I, I pray that you'd help me to, to, to watch and to wait and to be patient and to take courage in you. Uh, please help me to do that. I don't feel courageous. I don't want to watch. I don't want to wait. I don't want to be patient. Uh, it, these psalms really help me to, to give me freedom to be that honest and that vulnerable. Yeah. What about you? Well, mine's kind of twofold. I, I found at the end of Psalm 3, and I, I wrote the note next to it, my heart cry. I would love this to be my heart cry, which is, Rise up, O Lord. Deliver me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. Mm. I mean, and, and, and really, to back to your point, it can be a person. Sure, that's a very, you know, personal, uh, anthropomorphized view, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, but when you think about cancer, for example, when you think about some illness, when you think about some issue, that, and you personify it, that's what God can do. He can, you, you just ask him to rise up, oh Lord. Mm. And, and then I think my sec- the second answer to that is I would also pray that he would help me from being the wicked. Mm. Because if we yeah. ask him to break the teeth of the wicked, don't be wicked ourselves. So I mentioned at the beginning, you know, I, I cast about looking for someone to blame. And in that, I cause, I, I cause myself to be wicked and, and just angry at everyone and do stupid things and say stupid things sometimes maybe. But 
you know, so how much easier is it to just say, all right, I'm not going to react like that this time. I'm, or I shouldn't say it's going to be easy, but it would be great to react like that. And I, no, just rise up, oh God, you deliver me. Yeah. I don't know what to do here. Just deliver me, God. Yeah, and so that's how, as I look at that in the in those times of trouble, and you, everybody faces trouble. You nobody lives a perfect life, so don't don't think that oh, just because you two are are working at a church, you got it easy. That's not at all true. So we all have trouble. We all have lives that we live, and so I would say, yeah, just rise up, oh God, and deliver me. It'd be my the way I would want to pray. Yeah, it's a good way to finish us off here at Megan's old office. Uh, how the Psalms direct us toward, away from our knee-jerk reaction. Right. And towards something new, towards a, a, a different way of approaching uh, trouble. And it is a, a way of complete dependence upon God, watching Amen. and waiting. Good stuff. Uh, this has been Megan's Old Office, uh, Psalms 3, 5, and 27. Check them out in your own time. Yes, please. And uh, join us next week when we, uh, I don't know, we'll get into more trouble. More trouble. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash DPC Omaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.